But I think that now looking back at it, it's the fact that like everybody has like doubts, you know, like everyone has worries. I think sometimes the same way that we picture like being successful or or kind of this destination as one day we're going to wake up and we are just going to be like supremely confident. We're going to know all of the answers and money just starts flowing to you. And, uh, and, and I think that sometimes we picture successful people as if they are that. And mm. we think like, oh, they're just different or they're just like, they just know, like there's just a thing they have that I either don't, or I need to really work to get to. And, um, and it's, it's really not that I, I, I interviewed a bunch of very successful people and I don't think anyone to me stood out as that. They all stood out to me as people that kept trying and kept learning and kept, you know, like they all had failures, they all had insecurities, they all had um, fears and everything that we talk about. And they kept trying until they found something that worked. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to It's the Bearded Man podcast with your favorite, the world's favorite bearded man, Bob Bay. Each week with our guest episodes, I try to put the spotlight on an expert who can help us reach our inner potential. Today's guest is the CEO at at We Are Not Really Strangers, a purpose-driven car game and movement all about empowering meaningful connections. He's the founder of lifestyle clothing brand, Young and Reckless. He's a co-host on Group Chat Podcast and previously the host of Short Story Long Podcast, one of my favorite podcasts of all time. For all the OG listeners of mine, he was the guest for episode 84 of Purpose in the Youth podcast that came out April 25th, 2018, four years later, today on the podcast, Drama. Bobby! <laughs> That's hey, man. That is literally, I, I rewatched the... Uh, on Sunday, I rewatched the first episode, and that's yeah. literally that how, how you I came started. In? <laughs> <laughs> well, it's good to know some things don't change. I, this is so great, man. I, I remember coming over there for 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 the first time we did it, and uh, yeah, I'm just excited. You know? Wow, it was unbelievable too. Not only to rewatch the full podcast, but also I was very fortunate, and you at the time too had a videographer there, but yeah. to watch the behind the scenes of you pulling up and like meeting you for the first time in the driveway. And I, yeah. I was like emotionally watching myself and I was like, wow, like I can, re- I remember this day. And it just was yeah. like, it was just such a, it was such a powerful moment. And I, I was so grateful that I had that documented right in the time. It's like, what's the point of documents? But now four years later and having always heard Gary be like, document the journey, document the journey. I was yeah. so grateful to see it. And then I was able to pull a clip after watching the Kanye doc and, and, and it recently reminded me of like how important it is to document the journey. Yeah. It was so cool to have that clip of like me and you were talking in the garage and you were just like, man, it's going to be cool. A couple of years from now, you're going to look yeah. back on these moments. And I was like, damn, this is like, this is the, yeah. this is what he was talking about. So it was, it was just so cool. You know, what's funny is my whole like young adulthood or, you know, kind of childhood feels that way because it was on TV. So like, <laughs> I literally like, you know, keep in mind, it wasn't like, as real as like that moment was, but still sometimes like once a year, probably I'll just go on iTunes and like pull up a random episode. <laughs> and, and it's just so crazy. Cause I remember like what happened that day or what I was really thinking about when that moment happened. And like, I'm so thankful to have like 10 years of um, wild adventures documented. Wow. So I understand the value. 
I know, and you were only 18 at the time when you came out to LA. So like those were yeah. pivotal. That was a pivotal time for you to to get some of that documented. And I, I would imagine it's got to be nostalgic thinking back on it, on like some of those yeah. moments. And uh, yeah, it, I was even talking to uh, my sister who you had the pleasure to, to meet at Brandon's yeah. uh, uh, Memorial Day weekend party. And she she was very shook. I, I'll never forget the moment I saw you walk in. And I was like, oh shit, drama's here. I haven't seen him since the podcast. Yeah. And I just look over at my sister and she's like freaking out because she we grew up wa- you know watching you uh, yeah. on MTV and then like to see eventually do the podcast, uh, you know, uh, years down the line. It's you've you've played a really and I told you this on the first podcast, but you played a a crucial mentor role for me from afar, even in that first like two years of podcasting, because I saw you staying disciplined with short story long. And yeah. that was like my motivation. I was like, if drama is showing up on a weekly basis, I need to deliver like regardless yeah. of the, the number of downloads. And uh, you, you've played a huge role in me getting to where I am today, man. So it's just oh, cool to you, see bro. all I this mean, full circle, man. Yeah. That's about the best feeling, you know, you can have. Like, I think, uh, I think being successful or making money or, um, you know, being seen on TV or that stuff's all really cool. Don't get me wrong. But like, when you actually feel like you, um, in even a small way, sort of impacted someone or gave them a little bit of inspiration or motivation, that's that's the best feeling, right? So especially mm. as you get a little older. So um, I appreciate it. That's the best yeah. feedback I can ever get. Let's get it, baby. Let's get it, baby. The uh, the title of the the first podcast we did was called "Humbleness Is a Necessity," and I pulled the specific quote of what you had said which was humbleness is a necessity. It's not an option. It's not a luxury. If you don't wake up every day feeling like you've done nothing and how do I do something today, you will get absolutely crushed. How true is this? How true, or excuse me, how true do you feel like this statement is today as it was four years ago? Yeah. Yeah. I think uh, the sad thing is it's more true than ever. I hear me, I hear me say that now and I'm like, damn, still true you know because like i think even then even when i said that four years ago there was probably a part of me that was thinking like yeah for now you know Mm -hmm. but like there is a day where you wake up you know uh just feeling like the shit and everything's all good and no matter what happens you can't be you know and don't get me wrong there's some of that you need some of that like confidence to get stuff done but yeah man i still you know i still believe that to my core i still think um Every day you got to wake up and uh, and and act like your job could be taken um, in a healthy way, but you know you got to have that hunger. Yeah, how have you been able to keep that fire within you though? Right. So outside looking in, somebody might just go, "Well, drama's successful. He was on MTV. He's done these podcasts. He's a founder of a company. He's now helping another company. He he's good. He's golden. He's living the dream." But obviously, it's all relative, and I think internally you still have to find. You still got to get up out of bed every day. You still got to show up to record your podcast, to answer emails. Like, how do you build that fire within you even, you know, after a decade plus of having what most people would say is success? So I'll give you the honest answer. The honest answer is more my problem is the opposite. My more my my problem is more um, being able to chill the fuck out. You know what I mean? <laughs> like being able to like go on a vacation and like be like, mm. yo, everything's all good. Like that's more my personal uh, where, where I come from. It's just where I grew up and, um, how I felt when I first came here. I feel like it's so embedded in me that I don't, I don't know. I've just, I've built sort of a confidence that I don't really have to worry too much because it is me. I just, you know, yeah, I'll have little moments where I'll really feel like, uh, super awesome, but, but they're, they're, 
I don't want to say super awesome. I have real moments where I feel like, yeah, I'm a genius and everything I do t- uh, turns to gold. That Those moments last like hours, you know, <laughs> and, and then you kind of go back to real life. Then you're back so, to the trench. Yeah. And for me, like, I think it's one of my greatest gifts. I just have to learn how to, ch- I have to continue to focus on channeling it mm. and not letting it get unhealthy um, mm. and also channeling it towards, you know, to good use. I just, in my experience, like if you gave me two people and you said, you can, you can, Choose either of these two people, and they will be your right-hand man or woman for the next decade. Um, who would you choose? And one of them is so overconfident that they really think there's nothing wrong with them and they need nothing to improve. And the other person is maybe a little bit more on the insecure side. Maybe they don't have that extra confidence when they need it, and they're better than they think. I personally would choose the person who still thinks they have a lot to learn mm. over the overconfident person. Cause I think it's really hard to snap somebody out and, and tell someone like, Hey, you're not good at this. And if yeah. they think that they are, that's a very hard thing to get through where, yeah, you might need to build some confidence in the underconfident person, but at least they're willing to learn. And at mm. least they're willing to sit there and, and come into a room acting like they know nothing. Um, I've just seen a lot of learners with a little bit, the right amount of confidence really goes so far. Yeah. Because um, it's that humble, like, look, I don't know shit. I, just, but teach me. Yeah. Like, I don't know anything, but tell me how to do this. I will learn and I can do it. Those are the best types of people. And that's what I also try to be. Yeah. I think years and years ago, I, when I just was not into the self-development world, I just imagined like one day you just know everything you need to know and then you're good to go. But there's a balance of keeping your head held high and and confident of your own capabilities, but also on the other side going, I don't know it all. Like there's always room for growth, regardless of where you're at, like in order to continue to grow and have that growth mindset and to almost attract more opportunities, you have to come off as somebody that like, knows themselves, but also was like, Hey, I don't know what I'm doing. Like I need your help. Can you tell me what I'm doing wrong? And I think people see that in you. Yeah. I think that's one of the hardest things to learn how to, when to turn on and when to turn off, right. Or when to like flip from one mode to the other. Cause don't get me wrong. There are times, lots of them where you need to act like, you know, what you're doing. Like you need yeah. to be confident. You need to say, yo, yeah, I got this. Like I'll As figure it CEO, out. As a CEO, right? You're a CEO. Yeah, like you're the top, really you're the top anything. leader. Yeah. Even if you're an assistant, like you got to walk into the room and be like, yeah, I, I will figure, I am capable of anything. You mm. tell me what needs to be done. I will get it done. Mm. But then there's also the part of like, yo, but I don't know how, you know, uh, production works or I don't understand supply chain issues or, you know, and have that like humility to also say, you know, nothing, but know that you can figure out anything else and, or figure anything out. And that's a hard balance. And I think um, I probably get it wrong a lot. I think a lot of people get it wrong. But really being able to dial that mm. um, is really important to, you know, developing yourself. Yeah. And the the balancing thing that you had mentioned uh, moments ago, that was something even when I was like scrolling on your Instagram, where I was like, I feel like just in the last couple of years, you found that balance. Like I see you posting pictures at, like birthday with your cousins or nephews. Yeah. And then you're like golfing. And I was like, I really feel like he's like found the missing piece that maybe like uh, I, when we last talked four years ago, I would bet and imagine you were still in that headspace of like hustler, go getter. And it's still very much in you, but I, I would be willing to hedge and bet that balance maybe didn't as, exist as much as it, I feel like as it does today. Yeah. Yeah. I think you're totally right. And I think just to clarify how I view it, I think those are two different things. I think one is like when to like, when to be humble and kind of play second 
mm. you know, second place and then when to like take the lead and be a good leader. Yeah. Um, but on this issue, I agree. I think, um, yeah, I've also just stopped posting on Instagram like a lot. Uh, yeah. So you don't see, you know, the balance is pretty much only when I get like a good picture, which just happens to be like <laughs> when I'm on a golf course or something like I have a cool outfit on uh, or I'm like, you know, with my little cousin. But, uh, yeah. but yeah, I think as I've gotten older, I mean, look, I could probably go on for an hour about this and this could turn into a, a therapy session. But I think um, when I was 18 years old, I started doing television. and Crazy. And so every day was TV. And, you know, naturally at 18, you start to then focus on your own personal, you know, let's say brand or or how many followers you have or how many how people are reacting to you. Because that's very closely tied to your success, your income, unfortunately, your self-worth, all yeah. that stuff, right? And then I think um, I started really quickly after that trying to figure out what my entrepreneur life was going to be. You know, I started as a music producer and uh, started a, a few businesses that didn't work and then started Young and Reckless, Um 13 years ago. Um, and so it was just, oh, I felt like I was always on. Like I was always, everything was a potential Instagram moment. Everything was a potential, like if I went out to a party or something, it was for Young and Reckless. If I mm -hmm. went to a dinner, it was a business, you know, and, and I just almost got sort of comfortable having no true private life. Yeah, I went out and I did stuff like that that was quote unquote fun, but there was always a work motivation behind it. Yeah. And I think now at this step, I'm not on TV anymore. My income isn't tied to how many people, you know, care about what I'm doing today. And um, for me, it's just been a lot like more peaceful, you know, it gives me time to golf on the weekends or uh, <laughs> spend more time with the family, which is, which, you know, is great. I, I look at the look cool in my little polo. I suck <laughs> at golf, but it doesn't matter. I'm not going to make any different amount of money if I'm good or bad. And yeah. um, I'm able to enjoy it a little more. Sounds like a lot less pressure. And I even think when, I think that's even still where I'm at today, where it's a lot of documenting. It's a lot of showcasing because I so very much feel like I'm trying to build my brand, trying to build my name in the podcast. He's trying to showcase a lifestyle. And it's it's interesting hearing that because I do imagine a day where I've built something that's allowed me to like, I can step away and everything is still going to grow. Whereas I feel like I'm in the heart of it now. Like I'm in my prime of like growing, uh, podcasting, like, like becoming like a, a valuable asset in Los Angeles for helping people. Like, so it's interesting to hear the perspective that I know someday that'll happen where I feel like it'll switch. Yeah. But, uh, just trying to navigate that middle ground of like when to be on and then when to be off. Yeah, I want to be honest with you too. Please. Um, just like I was four years ago. I, I don't know. There's not a switch moment, right? Unless you design a switch moment. So meaning like if you say to yourself, hey, I in 10 years, my goal is to be able to work four hours a day and still make good income. Well, you can like, you can kind of engineer a life that leads you that way and you you can get that. It is possible. But no one's ever going to just come knock on your door one day and say, Hey, Bob, uh, Bob, a today's the day, you know, today's the day. Here's some golf clubs. Here's a martini. You just, you know what I mean? So, so what I'm saying is like, um, I actually feel more pressure today than mm. I, than I ever have. Uh, meaning my work is really, really important. And, um, a lot of people rely on me and there's a lot of pressure there. I'm learning a new industry. Um, there's all this stuff. The difference is it's a pressure that's better suited for me. So the pressure of how do I look or are people going to like this post, for me personally, 
is not a good pressure. I, I don't like it. I th- yeah. It feels stupid. It feels like uh, it feels like pressure for a stupid sort of vain end. Yeah. You know, it's like, all right, great. I got a lot of <laughs> likes, and so people are going to buy my stuff. I guess. Um, once again, some people are suited for that, and that's amazing for them, and they're really good at it. Look at yeah. Kim Kardashian. Like nothing yeah. but respect. Yeah, billions of dollars, and it lives in that pressure of how relevant she is. Um, for me personally, I would rather the pressure of like my mental game and being able to f- mm. solve problems and being able to build uh, businesses. I-, I like that pressure is just better suited for me than, mm. um, you know, dancing around on TV or making vlogs or it's just not what I'm, uh, it's not my, my, my personality. It's, it's self-awareness and it's also chapters of life. You've gone through these, these evolutions of like what, is presented and what's the right opportunity what, you know, you're trying these things out. And then when it doesn't feel right, you've moved on and kind of rebranded or just like allowed yourself to hit a refresh button. And that's something I definitely wanted to chat with you today is like, yeah, you give yourself the permission to make changes when, when necessary, where the two biggest changes I've seen since four years ago would be, um, stopping short story long and obviously jumping on with, we are not really strangers, not really sure how involved you are with young and reckless, but still, those are massive, like you, you still do group chat podcasts on the side as well. So it's not like you completely left the podcasting space, but how have you learned to give yourself the permission when internally you go short story long, it's just not feeling like the right thing anymore, where I'm sure everybody was like, why are you stopping this? The show was yeah. great. There's so much value. You had to go internal and go, you know what? Even though everybody else wants me to keep doing it, I know I need to make that change. Yep. Uh, this is how it works in my brain is, um, if I can't see the end, I can't start today. Like mm. if I can't see, like what am I building towards? What's the goal? What is this becoming? Do I like that potential outcome? Um, if I'm just doing it to do it, it's really hard for me to stay motivated and to keep doing it. And mm. I really don't have much of a problem with, I mean, yeah, sometimes it's scary for sure, but I don't have much of a problem with kind of like, you know, evolving my, I guess you would say like evolving my identity a little bit. You know, like I said, what comes first to me is me and and what I believe in and what I think is going to be really great, you know, for me and and by nature, the world. Um, I don't feel this like pressure to stay locked into one thing. You know, I think the bigger transition for me was that like, really, like I said, spending a decade being a guy on TV and a guy that people kind of thought of as like a pseudo celebrity or a you know, whatever, and kind of stepping away from that and realizing that wasn't really right for me was probably the most like, you know, the biggest shift Mm -hmm. of like priorities, you know? And, um, but I just, if I don't see the end, if I don't see the, the reason for doing it every day, it's really hard for me to stay involved, you know, or stay, stay motivated to keep doing it. Um, Mm. If that makes any sense. So no, it's great. You want to understand what are you, it gives you a bigger purpose of like, what are we working towards? What's the end goal? Or at least what does the direction look like of where we're going? Yeah. Like what I'm building, like you could come to me at any time and say, Hey, I like this thing you're doing. What are you building here? And I say, Oh, it's this. And it could be this. And this is what we're building towards. And this is where the end is, or maybe there is no end. It's just this amazing thing. And this is how it, you know, fulfills me. And this is, you know, I could tell you that. And that's a really good feeling. I don't wake up and look at my calendar and it's just busy. Yeah. And I'm just like, oh shit. Well, then you just have a job except for you're the manager. Like, but you know what I'm saying? Like everyone's trying to be an entrepreneur because ultimately you want to have freedom to control your own time. And if you wake up 
sort of a, a victim of your own calendar and you don't even know why you're doing it. You just made yourself an employee. You didn't make yourself an entrepreneur. Yeah. What you was know? the what was the biggest sell in you joining? We we are not really strangers. Obviously, you were dating Corinne at the time, and obviously yeah. that has evolved. But what was it about their mission or what they were capable of becoming that was like this is what I need to be doing? Well, here's what happened: is um, when I met Corinne, you know, she had the concept for the game, and um, she's just brilliant. She's like, literally, my relationship with her aside, she's one of the best like creative, you know, brand, visionary, uh, content, just creatives that I've ever met. It's, it's really mind blowing. And, um, and my role in that was essentially like, oh, this, this is really something, you know, mm -hmm. like this, this is something. And, and it started small and just kind of helping fulfill orders and kind of build out basic, basic operations and, you know, kind of just making it real. And then it became more and more. And, um, seeing the way that the world started reacting to it. I mean, it's unlike anything I've ever seen. The way yeah. people react to her content and to the game and the the customer service messages that we get and the testimonials and the, it's, it's insane. I, mm. it, it, it's crazy. And um, so it just, it just literally went from like, oh, this is something. Let me, let me kind of, you know, help make it real to like, oh shit, like this is something. And really, um, diving in and spending the majority of my time on it and building out the team and, um, you know, running the whole operation and, and making it a real thing. Yeah. It's, it's amazing what that, what, what, what it's providing to people, because I think podcasting weekly for five years has provided me this environment, this opportunity to really drop into some very honest, authentic, real conversation with people. And I yeah. think the game is becoming that leverage for people to finally cut the small talk and really get, get to somewhere with, uh, with mm -hmm. people. So the, the intent and like the ripple effect of what I've seen from afar is this is incredible because I think there's a lot of people out there that want to have these types of conversations and they bring it up to their friend and their friends are like, why are you asking me this shit? Like, I'm not telling you about like how I'm feeling like, you know, come on, yeah. let's go watch sports or something. So ultimately I think what it is allowing people to do is to have the conversations that they've for so long have wanted and needed but yep. maybe haven't had that space to actually have the conversation. Yeah. And that's why I think this, the magic is right. It's like, um, I think it's a conversation or a, it's a, it's a connection that people wanted or needed, like you said, but, but maybe didn't realize, or were a little too like standoffish to actually have. Yeah. Um, but the fact that it's a game makes it disarming, you know? Mm. And so instead of saying, Hey, uh, Bob, a, can I come over tonight and talk to you about your whole life? Uh, you're going to be like, no, dude, stop being a weirdo. But if I say, hey, Bob, hey, can I come over tonight and bring some drinks and a, and a new game I bought? You're going to be like, yeah. fuck yeah, dude, let's do it. <laughs> yeah. And you end up getting the same result. And then uh, on top of all that, I think that it's an amazing brand. Like it's a really well done, really cool brand. And um, when you put all those things together, I think you get this result that, you know, uh, I don't think... I don't think I even realized how much people were hungry for it, you know, mm. until you start to see the reactions. You never really know how the work you're doing is going to be received totally until mm. you put it out there and you see how people react. And it's been, uh, it's been mind blowing. I'm curious, how did you two start dating? Cause from afar, it seems like a very incredible relationship. And in a city like LA, as your boys navigating single, it's, it's, it's a game. It's pretty hard. It's a, there's a lot of competition. There's a lot going on. So I'm kind of curious, like how did that come to what it is? 
I'll tell you how, Bobby. Let's hear it. <laughs> this is the secret. <laughs> Slid in her DMs. Uh, the art of sliding is one of my favorites. <laughs> That's it. Yeah. I just, I, uh, I thought, you know, it wasn't on some like creepy stuff. I thought, uh, obviously she's, she's beautiful, but I thought that what she was working on was really cool. And, mm. um, I didn't know if maybe there's like a thing to do with like young and reckless, you know, interviewing, um, for the girls line or I, I didn't really know, but I, I just, uh, slid in the DMS and said, what's up. <laughs> And here we are. Uh, I love so it. So there's still hope in the DMs is what I'm saying. Because we do have an amazing relationship. In LA, it is very hard. There was years and years where I thought like, all right, well, you're just, I mean, you're, not, you're just not going to find like a good mm-hmm. person. Um, she's absolutely incredible. Re- the relationship is incredible. And it all started with the DM slide. So don't give up on the tried and true uh, methods. You know? I love you don't it. Have to, love the whole thing of like, no, meet a girl at church or meet a girl at the library. They're still in the DM. I'm getting I'm getting inbound leads now from TikTok coming to the Instagram. So I'm like, we got it. We're gonna keep pumping along with TikTok content because yeah. it's working. TikTok. Yeah, TikTok's powerful. <laughs> yeah, lots this of episodes eyeball. brought to you just by TikTok. Careful. Just check age, you know. Just make sure <laughs> oh, you're always yeah. hundred hundred percent. I need a certain <laughs> age. Sixteen year old TikTok. Yeah, no, 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 no. Hey, we, Bobby. Yeah, we do we do some interviewing ahead of time to make sure it, it, it passes clearance. Yeah, yeah, you gotta be safe quick break from today's episode and then we'll get right back to it today's episode is brought to you by liquid iv the greatest hydration brand in all the land if you're watching visually i have two of my favorite flavors watermelon and grape grape just came out within the last couple months unbelievable this product helps me feel my best self it helps me continue on throughout my day at a fast pace high energy uh, my like brain is clear. My mind is clear. I don't get brain fog. I have a lot of ability to continue on throughout my day doing a lot of different things. If you head over to liquidiv.com, you can get 25% off every single order just using my promo code, the bearded man, all one word. It is so, so helpful. When we are pushing our bodies every single day, it is extremely important to stay hydrated. Making hydration is a priority that makes us feel better on a daily basis. Just one stick of liquid IV hydration multiplier and 16 ounces of water will hydrate you two times faster and more efficient than water alone. I don't know about you guys and gals, but I love efficiency. And if this product hydrates me two times faster than water, sign me up. We're all about reaching our inner potential on this podcast. And this pot, this product is helping us do that. Uh, Liquid IV contains five essential vitamins, B3, B5, B6, B12, and vitamin C with three times the electrolytes of traditional sports drinks made with premium ingredients, ingredients, non-GMO, free of gluten, dairy, and soy. Uh, Liquid IV at this moment in time has donated over 20 million servings across the world. So not only are you benefiting yourself by buying this product, but you're also helping those out there in need of hydration by you just buying this product to better yourself. So if you're interested, head over to liquidiv.com. Use my promo code, thebeardedman, all one word, 25% off every order. I recommend watermelon. I recommend grape, tangerine. The energy product's really great, but try some out. Pick what might be of interest to you, and I guarantee you will enjoy it. Once again, liquidiv.com, thebeardedman, all one word, 25% off every order. Check it out. Now back to today's episode. I'm curious what your answer is because I asked you this four years ago, but what do you think is one of the biggest takeaways you had from all the interviews you had on short story long? Because you, I, I, I was laughing because I was going back and scrolling through all the episodes that you had published that I was listening to on a weekly basis. And I don't even remember listening to Tim Grover's episode, but I yeah. became such a fan of him in the last like 18 months. So I went and re-listened to the episode this morning and I was like, 
oh, this is this is juicy. This is really yeah. good. So, is there any big high level takeaway or maybe a couple that stand out the most to you from all these successful? I mean, you had Tim Grover, Ryan Holiday, Jordan Belfort, Tim Ferriss, Wiz Khalifa. I mean, literally just a lot of incredibly successful people. Yeah. Yeah, I think uh, I don't remember what I said four years ago, but I think that now looking back at it, it's the fact that like everybody has like doubts, you know, like everyone has worries. I think sometimes the same way that we picture like being successful or or kind of this destination as one day we're going to wake up and we are just going to be like supremely confident. We're going to know all of the answers and money just starts flowing. To you. <laughs> and I think that sometimes, uh, <laughs> yeah, like it's just like, I am a God and money just like ding, 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 ding. And you're like, I know it all, you know? Uh, and, uh, and, and I think that sometimes we picture successful people as if they are that. And mm-hmm. we think like, oh, they're just different or they're just like, they just know, like there's just a thing they have that I either don't, or I need to really work to get to. And, um, and it's it's really not that I, I I interviewed a bunch of very successful people, and I don't think anyone to me stood out as that. They all stood out to me as people that kept trying and kept learning and kept you know like they all had failures, they all had insecurities, they all had um, fears and everything that we talk about, and they kept trying until they found something that worked. Mm-hmm. And um, it really just humanized it to me. Like I think even at that time, even the success that I had had before I did short story long, I still think there was a part of me that like looked at like really successful people as, as different than me. And I think going through that process of, of doing that show for a few years really just humanized mm. uh, success to me. You know, it's not some great mystery. Yeah. You, and you start to, you start to see there's common themes. I think that was the biggest takeaway I had <clears throat> running yeah. purpose in you. This show is much more other than when I, I, I've only done a handful of like kind of these like, um, these uh, podcasts where I'm like bringing on old guests. So then it kind of is like, just kind of like a recap of what's happened in the last couple of years. Mm-hmm. But the biggest difference from that first podcast to now is this is about more like experts and like, you know, maybe I'll bring on a, a cook and we'll talk dieting and health and wellness. And then I'll bring on uh, a productivity uh, hacker and like, what are the steps to building your habits? Right. Back mm-hmm. then when I was doing purpose, it was storytelling. And that was the thing that I was seeing no matter the industry, no matter where these people came from, it was like, they stayed consistent. They were disciplined. They believed in themselves before the world does. Like all those cliches and things that you hear successful people talking about, that's yeah. all it is. It's just adding these mindsets and these skill sets to your tool belt and actually showing up and doing the work. That's yeah. the only reason they're successful is because they just have the ability to continuously do it for a substantial amount of time. Some people it's over, you know, it's over a couple of years. Some people it takes 10 years, but um, they all have those those same skill sets, which then you just go, if they can do it, I can do it. And it's not, yeah. you, you don't think you're any different than any of them. Yeah, and that was my goal with the show from the beginning, right? Like the one thing I'm really passionate about is I really feel like where I grew up and how I grew up and family dynamic and all that stuff, I just feel like success on a big level was off the table. It, it literally like mm. wasn't even spoke about. And and I just, and then with seeing the journey that I went through and moving out here and being exposed to so many successful people and, you know, thankfully um, being so close to my cousin and then all the successful people that I met, it changed, you know, it kind of gave me that feeling. It was like, oh, these are all just people. If they can do it, maybe I can do it. And it feels like, I don't know, it feels to me like such a, a robbery that there are large groups of, of especially young people, but any people that that just have accepted they will mm. never live a truly fulfilling life 
you know, whether it's financially successful or relationship successful or whatever your version of success is, you just sort of write it off. And so with short story long, that was my goal is like, how do I, how do I just talk to all these people that I'm fortunate enough to get to call if I have a question and just show that they're all just people. And it's really (laughs) not that, you know, like you could have, you could have used voice changers and you could have done that show where every guest was a mystery, but you just knew they were, you know, they, they made it to somewhere and you'd be like, Oh wow. Like if you could take away the fact that it's Kyrie Irving, you're hearing, and you're just hearing a human talk about, you know, finding success. Um, you know, you're like, Oh shit, they're just like me. It it opens, it opens, that's it. It opens your reality and in the way you think, because if all you know is what you know, because I grew up in a small town in Massachusetts, this is the theme that people stay around. They, you know, move maybe the next town over. They are married by 26, have kids by 30. And then that's kind of it. But if you're not around physically, these people that are like aspiring to do great things or to do the unthinkable, to seek the discomfort, you're never going to have the confidence to actually do it. But if you're able to tap in and that's why the podcasting space has been so phenomenal. If you can just put on some headphones or on your laptop and actually watch or listen to two people having just a simple conversation, you're like, oh, I never knew this. I never thought of it like this. I never knew that I could just move somewhere and not know anybody, but then build a life for myself. So I think it's really beautiful how it bridges that gap and it gives people the confidence to say like, I can do this if I really want to do it. Yeah. And look what you've done, man. Like in the four years since I've talked to you, you went from, you know, I don't know what you were up to when I first met you, but it felt like okay, this guy sent me a DM. I'm just going to show up and like do an interview with this guy in his bedroom. And then the next time I see you, you're at like a $50 million house, right? (laughs) And so what I'm saying is like your new life, and this is what I love about like LA or any place, you know, like that, or just being around the right people is I'm guessing that similar to me, when you grew up, it was like being a millionaire was like, oh, that would be nice. But like, it's kind of like feels impossible. other people. Yes. Yes. Now I'm guessing walking around the houses that you're walking around, being a millionaire is like a bare minimum, uh, you know, and you're like, okay, well, I have to at least become a millionaire just to like hang out, you know, and and that's how much and, and now it just changes. And now your yeah. brain says, okay, well, I know there's seven people at this party that are like below 30 and like multi, multi, multi millionaires. <laughs> it's super doable. Here we are playing ping pong. Like we're all friends. There's nothing different. Yeah. Um, and that's so powerful just being around it, you know? For perspective, I was driving Uber full time when you came oh, yeah, through. You, were, you told me that. In the valley. Uber full time. Next time I see you, you're fucking ripped walking around a $50 million house. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you did it. I mean, that's, that's, the, that's what you got to do. It's unbelievable. And so, for all the people who can't move or can't, or maybe, you know, haven't taken that step to move yet, I think podcasting is really awesome because it's the first step at being like, hey, here we are. Like, we're, we're just having a conversation in your ears. Like we're not that much, there's nothing that much different. And then maybe you make the move, you make the next like physical step. And next thing you know, you're Bob A. <laughs> the quote that changed everything for me. And I, and I, I, when I moved to LA, I told myself, this is the way you're going to live your life. And I was already learning. It was, you're the average of the five people you spend the most time with. And I yeah. said, when I get to Los Angeles, I am only going to r- surround myself with people that inspire me, that motivate me, that make me feel good, that support me. And it's not about me trying to get something from them. It's just, I want to be around that energy. And that compounded to everything of where I'm at today. And that has been so important of just like keeping inventory of like, does this person bring good to me or do they not? And I think that was even 
that was even the challenge Tim Rover talked about in your podcast where he said, I think at the end, he said, I challenge you all to delete a contact off of your phone by the end of yeah. this podcast, because if that. they're not serving value to you, get them out. And it, it's, yeah. it's, it's not the like harshness of like cut them out. You never respond to their texts or their emails or whatever, but you're just not reciprocating the energy to them to like hang out with them because you realize this is not making me become a better version of myself. Yeah. And I think one of the things that you do so well, I'm going to slide in a compliment here that you might or might not be aware of is you also, so like in the beginning, so everyone knows that quote or that strategy and a lot of people try it, but a lot of people also fail with that strategy. And the reason mm. why is because, um, you're also one of the five people to those people, right? So like, yeah. they're also worried about their circle. And so, yeah, when you first start hanging out with maybe like, you know, more successful people, you might not be able to add like financial value, but you can add energy, you know, like you're a very yeah. positive dude, you're fun to be around, you're fun to have over. And I think a lot of people kind of approach that strategy with a little bit of like, selfishness of like, all right, I'm here. I'm around all five of you. Like, which one of you guys is going to pay me first? And, yeah. uh, you know, and you really come to the table and, and, and offer like great vibes, great energy, great friendship. And I think that's super duper important. Yeah. I, I appreciate it, man. That's, that's ultimately all I've ever tried to do is like, I've used the podcasting as my leverage to just get the initial seed planted and, and open the conversation. Yeah. And then from there, it's always been like, how do I bring value to them? Like, whether it's just like supporting them, asking them if I can be of help, bringing energy to the table, making them feel good, uh, making sure that people are having a good time. I used to joke with my buddy when I, I used to tour with them. I was the hospitality manager, and I would you know just make sure if you need a drink, yeah. I got you a drink. If you need some food, I'll get you some food. Like, how do you yeah. make people feel good? And then playing the long game of like trusting it will work itself out, and that's how we ended up running into it. I ended up getting hired from Brandon Cohen. He was the CEO and founder of Liquid IV in 2019 saw me driving Uber and I posted something saying like, I'm done driving Uber. I need to get out of this. And yeah. a relationship that I had built a year ago, never asked for anything. He then came to me and was like, I want to hire you full time. And I was like, yeah. let's do it. Peace Uber. Here we are. So it's that long game of trusting uh, when things are meant to be, something will come of it. And then in the meantime, just being you know of value or just bringing energy to the table. Yeah. Yeah. hundred percent. hundred percent. You do it really well. And that's very important. I appreciate it, man. Um, there was a quote that I pulled also from the previous podcast. Uh, you had said, the way that my brain works, I'm hungry and I think I'm capable of almost anything. How does this? How, did, how does one learn this mindset? Because I think that's a really good mindset. I, I know it kind of goes back to what we had chatted about earlier, like the ability to have confidence in yourself, but also not to be open-minded to like there is more room to grow. Yeah, I think, um, let me try to condense that thought in my head so I don't ramble. Like I think... Uh, it's back to, like we said, about the balance. Like it, it, You need to know that you are capable of anything. Now, that doesn't mean you're capable of everything. Those are two very yeah. different things, and I think people often confuse them. So like, I believe that right now, if I wanted to die a brain surgeon, I could, fig I could figure it out. I could dedicate mm. my life to it. And I could, you know, who knows? I might be 80 when I get my <laughs> little degree, but like I could do it. But yeah. is that one of the few things that I have the bandwidth as one human to actually, you know, figure out? Um, mm. And unfortunately, the answer is no. So I think that, you know, there are people that are shockingly, you know, I don't know the word, like, like not... Like, not everyone who's successful or who has what you want is a genius. Like, very few yeah. of them are. 
um, the brain capacity between you and the people that have what you want are very, very similar. Um, it's just focused effort. And so, yeah, I think, uh, I think I'm capable of anything, but I think realistically, you know, trying to run a couple businesses, have a good relationship and, uh, learn how to fucking play golf already has me (laughs) over. I'm already over my limit. Uh, so you got to choose, but yeah, I, I think that that's a I, that's a very real um, quote and and thought. But I think the clarity is you got to be focused. You got to pick your thing, and you got to yeah. focus all of your effort on becoming yeah. great at it. Tim, you chatted once again, not to keep bringing up, but because I heard it today, that's what Tim Grover was talking about on the podcast with you. And I've read a book called <clears throat> Essentialism by yep. Greg McEwen, <clears throat> and that's exactly what they both talk about. Is like. I think in the beginning, you're supposed to try a lot of things, figure out what are you interested in, what do you not like, and that's the only way you kind of figure out your passion or your purpose. But then once you find that thing, it's about going all in and creating yeah. space so that you can put all of that energy into one thing instead of you know spreading your energy into six or eight different projects. What would happen if you just went all in and gave 100% of your energy to one thing and then it ripples yeah. and it stacks And that's actually the scariest part, right? You know, like... Um, Everyone wants to lean on the like the what ifs or like the plan Bs or the yeah, but I could still kind of like side hustle became like a very popular term yeah. over the last you know five years and probably Gary Vee, honestly yeah <laughs> side right. hustle and, yeah. respect yeah, to him yeah and there's a lot of great there and there's a lot of people that do that you know that it makes sense for their lives but I would say that the real way to get great at something is to eliminate all of that and just dedicate yourself that this is what I'm going to do. Yeah. And then at that level, I think people can do insane things. Um, but, you know, we live in a day of multitasking and, and whatever, and it's tough. Yeah. How do you, so how do you stay focused? I'm curious. Uh, like I, I'm big into productivity and like um, focus doesn't even have to be just on work, right? Like you mentioned like work, you have a relationship, you have friendships, you obviously have things you do on the weekend, might be golfing, yeah. might do anything else. So like when it's time to focus on work, how do you stay focused? When it's time to focus on your relationship, how do you stay just like, in the present versus like thinking about all these other things that might be going on in your life. Yeah. So I'm a little crazy. I, I over the years, I've just picked up these different habits and some st- stuck and some didn't. And where I'm at right now is um, I have right beside me on a whiteboard, a list of my goals for the year, personal mm-hmm. business and um, health. And so I look at them every day. I look at them every morning. So I'm very clear on like, is everything that I'm doing today in service of wow these goals, right? Or, or, or not. And to be honest with you, I know that a lot of this sounds like, I want to be careful coming off like self-helpy, like, okay. But like, it's just the habit that I've built. It's here. I naturally yeah. grab my coffee and I look at it. Um, and then here's what happens. So here's really what my my what it looks like now. It's everything that I do for the most part is in my calendar. So literally like not only meetings, um, when to text my mom every morning and tell her hi because she wow. likes the check-ins, um, when to eat, uh, when I do have just break time that means I, I can do whatever the hell I want obviously when to work out, when everything work related, right? So it's very clear. And it, that also, what that does for me, I have a, I'm a little bit of an anxious dude and it allows me to fully focus on what I'm doing right now because I know that the other thing I'm thinking of is scheduled. I know that there's yes. time allotted for it later. Yes. And a lot of times I'm a victim of feeling like I kind of have to do everything right now. And if you block that time later, um, it allows you to relax and think about what you're doing now. Mm. So I do that super heavy. Um, I mean, every morning at, you know, I I wake up at eight um, and from eight to nine is just my time. So I can read, 
I can do whatever, but I can't work. I'm literally not allowed to work. At nine, I have an alarm go- that goes off that says, okay, time to check your phone and get to work. Um, same thing. At the end of the day, I have an alarm that goes off that says time to put your phone you know, back on the charger, whatever. Wow. And then lastly uh, is I don't, my phone has no notifications um, on. So it, the only time my phone ever lights up or beeps or anything is if somebody calls me um, because I don't really get calls that often. Usually if someone calls me, it's not scheduled. It's probably urgent. Um, so that's the only time everything else is shut off. Um, I don't have Instagram or TikTok or any social media on my phone. Um, yeah, I've just, I've built up, like I said, this took years of like, yes. I'd read a book and I'd be like, oh, what if I did that? You know, and then, uh, and then that didn't stick or whatever, but that's what I do now. And, um, it works really well for me. I love it. The, the phone, <clears throat> immediately you're just cutting off the distractions and the scheduling is very something much that I do myself. And it's yeah. unbelievable how much it changes. Like instead of being overwhelmed about the day ahead, you just know, everything is scheduled out of where you're supposed to be and when. And then there's never this like crossroad of like, should I work on the podcast that I have coming up or should I go for the run or should I send the email or should I call my sister? Like there's never the what ifs because exactly you're scheduling out ahead of time and it just allows you to stay in flow and compartmentalize when to think, when to think about certain things, right? Like if you're on a podcast, this is what you're focused on. Maybe you have a meeting after this and then maybe later tonight you're grabbing dinner with somebody like, you just compartmentalize the time, the focus, and then you can switch gears left, left and right. And it's, man, it just makes yeah. such a difference in how much more efficient and how much more progress you can make in a day. And then you don't, you, you feel a lot more at ease at the end of the night when you go, I did everything I needed to do and I wasn't wasting, not wasting energy, but not allowing to build my own internal stress, yeah. which just clogs you up from actually making progress in anything else. Yeah, I've just learned, like, I don't, and to be honest with you, I know that they say, like, some people are entrepreneurs, some people aren't, some people are whatever. Maybe I'm wrong here. But the way that I view it is everybody has more energy when they are, they're in control of their time, meaning they're doing hard work. Like, you can do much harder work knowing that it's going to get you a result that you want and that you played a part in, Mm -hmm. as opposed to if you're just being told because it's somebody else's result that they want. Um, I think you can work way more and I think you have way more energy. And I think that um, it's really important. That's kind of all the way back to what I said about being able to leave things or being able to switch, you know, careers or stuff like that is like, if I stop losing sight of what I'm even building and what I'm working for, I lose all my motivation to work and work starts to really feel like work and like burdensome yeah. and heavy. And um, yeah, that, that's also why a, a key part of that is keeping my goals, and don't get me wrong, I change my goals if they change throughout the year, but I keep my goals clear in front of me every day because in my job, in a lot of people's jobs, um, it's really easy for people to start to lean on you for help with maybe something that they could do, right? So, you know, they call you, they're like, hey, do you know why the blah, blah, blah? And now all of a sudden that'd be, oh, I just call, you know, drama anytime something comes up. Um, Whereas you can look at your calendar and be like, oh no, this doesn't, what am I doing? Like part of why I stopped posting on social media so much was because I couldn't help but look at the numbers um, and I couldn't help but kind of care about them. And then I realized, okay, well, let me play this out. Let's just say I get really good at the numbers. Let's say the numbers are amazing. Let's say my Instagram page or my TikTok or whatever blows up. I'm going to become an influencer? Hmm. Like what's my goal here? Like what's Hmm. the end of this? Maybe I could make, you know – 
a couple hundred grand a year doing brand deals. Like, yeah, I would sell a little bit more clothes, but not that much more. What's And, and that's just not the life that I want. I, I want success on a higher level than that. I don't want to become an influencer. So what's the reason at looking at it even once? Yeah. Um, and I try to really police myself that way because I think it's really easy to get carried away and be like, oh, I'm just, I'm hungry. I'm a hustler. I just give it to me and I'll do it, you know? And I think that that's dangerous. Yeah, it's very clear you have, and you're really in tune to your self-awareness of what is it that's going to make me happy or what is it that I, tr- like, once again, going back to what is the end goal here? Like, are we here yeah. to- make a lot of numbers on the Instagram so then I can just sell a lot of clothes like that. That's not what we're trying to do. So why are we even working towards this? Oh, it's probably because I feel like every, the world that we live in, everyone's supposed to be on social media. So I'm supposed to be here. Yeah, but if you that. can, if you can tap in and go, but what, what is it in it for me? Do I want to do this? Is this actually something I want to move forward with? It's a lot easier to then go, if it doesn't work for me, I'm just going to simply move on. Yeah. I mean, my hustler, you know, quote unquote brain, when TikTok first started, I was like, oh my God, TikTok's huge. This is going to be huge. And I literally paid a guy to come to my office once a week with a list of TikTok like trends. Mm. And I would do them and I would film like a week's worth of TikTok videos. And I did it for like three weeks. And I was like, what are you doing? Like, what's the end goal? You're going to become Bryce Hall? Like, what's the goal here? And I just stopped it instantly because I was like, what the hell are you doing? But it's so tempting as a hardworking person or a, a hustler to um, to just jump on things and not really think about what you're building towards. Yeah. You know, one thing I heard, uh, I was listening to the formerly known as Mike Stud. Uh, I was listening to his podcast yeah. with you that came out in 2019. And one thing you touched on that I... Um, it's really interesting. I don't even know if I had heard it anywhere else where you talked about it. Was, I think it was in 2015. There was this period where you were building young and reckless, but you, I think you were kind of like just lost in it all where yeah. you would shut your door to your office and hope that people think you were working, not interrupt you, but you'd be outside smoking cigarettes. Yeah. Uh, you'd wait till 9 p.m. to open a bottle of wine because you felt like then you were totally... <laughs> All systems Guilty. go able to get yeah, hammered. Alcoholic. Yeah. You were popping like, per- I don't know if it was perks, but like some pain meds. Like, yeah. I, I want you to think back on like that, where you were in that moment, right? Like, what do you know today that you wish you had known then? Because I, I think there's a lot of people that go through these, like, I love that you mentioned you have a, on, on your board next, she was like health, a health goal, right? Like yeah. at that moment in time, you probably didn't have a health goal other than get drunk, pop some things and just keep, keep staying alive day to day. But yeah. I feel like there's a completely different person I'm looking at today than that moment in 2015. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I think that was the culmination of all of my, you know, my weird, like I said, like gr- kind of growing up from 18 on to, uh, on TV, um, putting a lot of like my value in the wrong places, you know, a lot of yeah. external, what do people think of me, a lot of worries. There was a lot of weird like anxieties that you kind of build up over the years of, um you know, how people think about you and and what your perception is and trying to maintain that. And I just think it all got to be like, just really, really, really not fun. And Mm -hmm. um, what I learned from that and what the difference of me is today is kind of everything I just talked about. Like you, you have to think about what you want, like, like really try to like dig deep a little bit. And like, what do you want? What do you, do you want to, build a business? Do you want to have a great relationship? Do you want, you know, what, what is it? And then, and then start to track like how you can move forward towards that. And I think that the feeling of seeing yourself get better at something and become more than you were, you know, yesterday yeah, is that's the real feeling that like 
you know, sustains you, keeps you going, makes you truly proud of yourself. You see like, wow, I couldn't do that, you know, a few months ago. And now I can't even golf. Golf is the, the you know, the silliest um, thing in that regard. And like I said, I'm terrible at it. But when I look at a comparison of how I was six months ago, it's like, oh, shit. I'm like, yeah, nice. Me. I'll be you on know, the PJ yeah, tour in two years. Yeah, 100%. <laughs> and that's like a, um, that's like a deeper, you know, confidence. And I think once you start to get more confident and more like proud of yourself, you, mm. you're not as quick to do things like drinking a shit ton and like smoking cigarettes that are just gonna, like, they're gonna damage that. Like, yeah. I know if I get wasted tonight, um, sometimes that's the right move. Sometimes it's a really fun <laughs> thing to do. But I know that if I do, it's gonna cost me on all these things tomorrow. Yeah. And I think the more you start to value those things tomorrow, you, you, you're less likely to kind of wreck it, you know, yeah. for the, the quick, Thing today you're thinking about the future once again how you yeah. know my deal my decision right now to pop the bottle wine and get hammered how is that going to affect me tomorrow and you when you have these things that you're so passionate about right i think that's what it is we I, i'm very much the same where i think about the end versus the beginning and we are passionate we have these things we want to do we have these like inner potentials that we know we can achieve and we understand like discipline right so once again i'm a big believer too it's like i pick my pockets the last time i saw you I was definitely in the crank up the heat, let's have a good time mode. But I also yeah. know like when to turn it on and when to turn it off. And it makes all the difference. And like when it's time to enjoy myself, I'm ready to have some fun. But yeah. I'm not going to let that become my life because I have all these other things I want to work on. But um, yeah, and you got to do that. Like the lesson here, at least for me, or if you have you know any problems with drinking or, or drugs or any of that stuff, like obviously a different story. But like you got you to celebrate. You got to enjoy all the hard work. Um, that's super duper important. It's just when you're when you're doing that stuff to like maybe numb something yeah. or maybe try to fill, you know, a sense of worth or something that, that's lacking, that's when you got to be super careful. What's the intent? That's the, that's the question you got to ask yourself. What's the intent yeah. of why I'm doing this? Let's get into yeah. the final five. These are the last five questions. One sentence answer, one sentence answer, if possible, if you got to go off a little bit more, you of course got the pass, but uh, let's try to keep it to one sentence. First question, how can people learn to give themselves permission to follow their interests and ideas? Just, start mm. like so i true. hate i tried to think through all these different answers it's like you just got to give yourself permission yeah like you just there, no one's going to give it to you yep sorry that I was 15 sentences i started <laughs> so basic damn it i love it i love it <laughs> question start. question number two you're gonna love this one if we had a time machine and you could go back to any point of your life where would you go when and what would you say it's a short story long tribute for anyone listening I would probably go to like, you know, high school, like early mm -hmm. high school. Uh, I would go like, you know, just to me in my bedroom, you know, just thinking. <laughs> and I would probably say you're capable of way more than you can imagine. Mm -hmm. I'll keep it. I'll keep it short. I know. I, know. <laughs> I love it. Uh, question number three: What's an area of your life you need to put more effort into? Vacations. Yes. Book the trip. Like tell me where you're going. Like I'll, fun fucking vacation. Tell me. Tell me yeah. where to go. I'll meet you there, brother. Yeah. Okay. Question number like four: <laughs> First step anyone can take to reaching their inner potential. Do something that you're scared of. Yes. You know, whatever that may be. Like I went fucking skydiving and it was just like, you know, I've been multiple times now, but 
seeing how far away like the ground is, you know, and you're like, okay, there's no world where I jump out of this plane and live. <laughs> and then just seeing that you do and your feet touch the ground, you're like, oh, what else looks insane or looks impossible that then you get a new perspective that, oh, I just did it and I'm totally fine and it was actually fun. And I think that relates to going to that event you're scared of or having that meeting or starting that business or having that tough conversation with your parents or whatever. You just got to, you just got to jump and you're going to be pleasantly surprised. Love it. Fifth and final question. Somebody listens, uh, finishes, finishes listening to the last 53 minutes of this podcast. What is one challenge you have for the listeners today after they wrap up listening? I think in the next 24 hours, do something that you think is beyond your capability. Mm. Like I just read a book. I'm going way longer. I just read a book Hit it. Hit it. and, and the, and the woman, uh, it was from a therapist, um, woman and she said that she was working with a kid in high school who and he was working with a kid in high school who was really shy and socially awkward and she told the kid it was a, a young man she said write a list of the 10 most popular girls in your class and he wrote them out and he said go ask each one of them on a date and he, the kid was like are you kidding? Like, I'll be dead. Like, this is suicide. You know, like, they're going to shame me. Like, this, they're so out of my league, whatever. And three of the girls said yes. And the, and the point is, it's such a simple story. But the point is, like, sure, seven said no. And I'm sure that sucked. And I'm sure, like, he felt like shit. But three out of 10, 30% said yes. And so, where else are you limiting like you're just not looking at reality clearly and you just think like there is no world where any of these girls do anything but laugh at, in my face and three of them said yeah they'd go on a date with them it's like where are you doing that in your life you know where are you building a reality that's not accurate and that's stacked up against yourself and just go push a, push a little bit push on the walls a little bit and see what moves you know big believer of shooting your shot and that's not even with just dating that is with any opportunity or things you're yeah. interested in i think there's so much growth that can come from it uh, by that's just my going challenge. For it. Like that's why it's like, like DM a girl, uh, go on a meeting, call your parents, jump out of a plane. Like just it could it could be so small, but just do one thing to test if your judge of how capable you are is accurate or not, because it's probably not. So good drama. This has been. Uh, Bob, hey, let's every, let, should we put a calendar invite for four years uh, for 2026? Yeah, we're going to keep running it. We're going to keep running it back. I will tell you this, a, a big update from the last one we had was, I told you this on the podcast, uh, there were three people when I started, uh, when I started podcasting, I said, I need to do a podcast with you, uh, who I've been able to now, luckily, two times, Lewis Howes, who I secured back in December. He was, uh, December, excuse me, he was the real inspiration for me starting a podcast yeah. and the third one has not happened yet, but I, I, I can feel it's going to happen and I'm going to speak it into existence within the next like two to three months yeah. is Gary V. And he's the third final contestant of the, the, the three on, on Mount Rushmore that I need to get in order to continue to excel my podcast career. But, uh, that will happen. But man, um, I, I can't, well, I can't thank you enough and see if I can be of any help. I, hey, you know what? If 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 he's uh, game to it, and that's uh, all it takes, then I would I would definitely appreciate it. But you have played a massive role. I won't I won't uh, uh, go down the whole spiel of it, but I think you know it. And I just want to say thank you for giving me a shot when I needed it the most uh, four years ago, and uh, to make and carve time today, man. It's it's really incredible to think about how somebody I saw on TV growing up then do a podcast with, then I'm running into him at this massive party in LA. And here we are again, like 
yeah. it's greatly appreciated that you take up that you take the time to do these things and uh it's just you're literally just fucking pouring more gasoline on fire and lastly your first episode of mentor mondays when you did that two three years yeah. ago was with yeah. a guy named robbie page yeah. i found him through that that through your series i did a yeah. podcast with him and now i live with him so you have a yeah. massive yeah. ripple on a lot of people this is just my story but i know there's other people that will hear this and there's people that follow and know you and you've rippled that you've rippled them in a magnitude of ways whether through group chat short story long running your businesses you you play a huge impact so sincerely grateful for you brother well thank you bro that means a lot and i'll leave you with one thing too and i think your listeners as you go on doing other episodes um without me that i think they can learn from you is i you know i i did that then uh four years ago we did the pod um and i'm i want to end by saying however else i can be helpful please let me know because there is something there is something about you that is um you know, I think a lot of people also think that like being hungry or networking or whatever is like kind of fucked up, like kind of mm-hmm. dirty, kind of like, oh, you're just social climbing, you're using people, all you care about. There is that, that definitely exists and that's definitely gross. But there's also people that just really want to do good and really want to win and are really good people. And people like that will always get help, get advice, get whatever they need to make that happen. And that's how you are. I, I can't, I couldn't exactly explain how for someone how to follow in your footsteps, but there's something in the way you do it where it's so genuine and you're such a good dude. And look, at the end of the day, you want to win. We all want to win. Um, so anything I can ever do to be helpful, uh, I'm always here. Thank you, man. From uh, of course, from a hell of a bearded brother, that means a fucking lot. So I really do appreciate it, ladies and gentlemen. If you enjoyed this episode, screenshot this episode on whatever platform you're listening in on. Post it to your IG story. Let us know what was the biggest takeaway. How did this episode change your perspective? You can tag Drama. He's at Drama. You can tag me at Bob A. That's B O three B's four A's and a Y. Share the podcast in your IG story. Let us know what was the biggest takeaway. Also linked up in the description below, I will have. Uh, we are not really strangers. You should check them out. They are just we are not really strangers. Uh, dot com. Once again, linked up in the description below. I'll have group chat uh, linked up below as well as Young and Reckless. Anywhere else I should be sending people after listening to this episode. No, that's it. Send them to their whiteboard to write down their goals. <laughs> John, the third, the third podcast is going to be pretty epic when that day, when that day does Let's come go, four bro, years from now. Whenever you want to do it, I'm here. It could be next <laughs> week. It could be four years from now. Either one. Fair enough. Ladies and gentlemen, it's the Bearded Man Podcast. Thank See you, Bobby. Yeah, baby.